Hey, friends, and welcome to episode 22 of It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. I'm your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, and today's guest has a pretty sweet day job. She makes our dreams come true as her side gig, and she has a larger than life personality. And she does all of this while being an amazing mom and community leader. Let me introduce you to Sarah Joy Hayes. Sarah Joy spent years in Washington, D.C., making a difference through nonprofit consulting and strategy. After moving back to Baton Rouge, Sarah Joy, a Louisiana native and an LSU grad, launched her business called Counterspace in 2017, baking at home and selling in local markets. Now operating from her own perfectly pink storefront, she's living the dream, making scrumptious confections, offering cooking workshops, and bringing the community together one cookie at a time. And when she's not leading her team at the bakery, Sarah Joy makes dreams come true as a Disney Parks trip planner. She and her five-year-old son, Henry, have met Mickey and friends more times than she can count, And it brings her such joy to share that with others, especially families of young children. I'll also say that Sarah Joy is, once again, proof of what's possible. Whenever I consider guests for the podcast, I aim to showcase real women who have fulfilling careers, family life, and full plates. Seeing how they do what they do and getting that peek behind the curtain To find out exactly how they do it is so inspiring to me. You know, we all bring our own personal backstories, histories, strengths, and weaknesses to the table. And every guest, Sarah Joy included, presents a buffet of ideas and tools for us to pick from and apply to our own life. In today's conversation with Sarah Joy, she shares what inspired her to cook up Counterspace, a bakery and community gathering space after a successful career in nonprofit consulting. She shares how her core values drive every aspect of her business decisions. She talks about what it really looks like to manage multiple business projects as a single mom and the exact tools she uses to manage her life and businesses. Plus, She talks about how she finds time for herself despite a jam-packed and very fulfilling schedule. In last week's episode, episode 21, I talked all about your core values and how they really are your North Star in helping you decide the next right thing in any given moment. If you liked that episode, you're going to love hearing about Sarah Joy's core values in action and how she relies on them to navigate new experiences and challenges as a business owner and a parent. If you haven't listened to episode 21 yet, make sure you cue it up next. During our conversation, like many of my guests so far, Sarah Joy uses Trello to stay organized and on top of her bakery orders. Trello is a productivity platform used by individuals and teams of all shapes and sizes. I personally can't live without it, and Sarah Joy can't either. If you want to try out Trello for free, head over to abouttimepodcast.com forward slash Trello to check it out. Sarah Joy mentions a few other go-to tools she uses to make life happen. 
So you know I've got all the details of this episode, including her favorite productivity apps linked up in the show notes over at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 22. Finally, I want to thank you again for tuning in. And if you haven't yet, I invite you to click the subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes and surprise bonus episodes go live. If you like what you hear, I'd be so grateful for your review. You see, your reviews play a huge role in helping others find It's About Time in the search results. And you might just get a shout out in a future episode, like this one for Leslie1278. Leslie1278 was so kind to leave a five-star rating and review. Leslie1278 writes, helps me feel encouraged. Great job, Anna, on covering topics and issues that many people, especially women, currently face professionally and personally. It's great to hear you, along with successful women, reflect on lessons learned from your challenges and achievements. This podcast is encouraging because it shows the struggle is real, but we aren't alone in it and solutions are available. Looking forward to hearing many more helpful episodes. Okay, Leslie1278, the struggle is real, but you're so right. We aren't alone in it, and there is usually a better way. I'm so grateful to you for listening and for taking the time to write such a kind review. I truly hope that each episode and each guest interview can provide something useful to you as you're making your way through your own challenges and achievements. So thank you again. And with that... It's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Kornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Kornick. Hey, Sarah. Welcome to It's About Time. Thanks, Anna. I'm so excited to be recording with you. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I know that you have an incredibly busy schedule and a lot on your plate. Uh, So we will kick this off. Um, So Sarah, in the introduction, I told the listeners a little bit about all of the things you have going on in your life. And But it's always a lot more fun to hear it in your own words. So would you tell us how are you spending your time these days? (laughs) Um, This is going to be kind of funny. I've always been someone who loved planners, organizing, routine. And the past year, everything kind of got flipped upside down. So you're going to get to hear a little bit about my troubleshooting. Um, I am a single mom. I have a five-year-old named Henry. He is in kindergarten. And I own a bakery and I spend most of my hours at the bakery. And the hours I'm not there, I'm running errands for the bakery or making deliveries. Um, And then everyone always has kind of the side side thing. The side side thing for me is I help people plan Disney vacations. So there's always a minute of the day to be filled. Oh my gosh. So you have like a really sweet setup. Pardon the horrible pun because you own a bakery. 
Um, but so, so Sarah, was it always your dream to open a bakery and plan Disney vacations? So it's really funny when I think about, I've had to tell the story of opening the bakery a lot lately for different interviews and just different conversations with potential clients. And baking has always been a passion and a hobby, but owning a bakery was something that kind of I backed myself into in some ways, just as opportunities presented themselves I know you're big into Enneagram. I'm an eight on the Enneagram and I say yes quickly to things. So as opportunities to sell at markets opened up, I just said yes. And opportunities to sell at coffee shops, I said yes. Then an opportunity to open in a food hall, I said yes, probably far too quickly for uh, the amount of investment that that is. And when push came to shove and we needed more kitchen space because people wanted our cookies, I said yes to opening a standalone space, and we've now been in our own bakery location for just over a year, selling our cookies, cakes, hosting birthday parties, uh, all those fun things. Wow. So it sounds like the yeses, the opportunities and the yeses just got bigger and bigger and bigger. I can't Yeah, I can't even imagine what that must have been like. And I love that you mentioned the Enneagram and that you're an Enneagram 8. That really, like, that doesn't surprise me at all based on what I know about the Enneagram. And it really helps paint a picture of just the tenacity that you have to That's one of the more positive words uh, to use to describe an 8. So I will take that one. (laughs) Well, I feel you. As a 3, I feel like I'm, I'm looking for, like, those positive words to myself sometimes. So I feel you on that. Um. So the yeses kept getting bigger and bigger and it really snowballed. You know, I think a lot of people look at a bake owning a bakery as being one of those dream jobs. A lot of people look at wedding planning or opening a flower shop and opening a bakery and things like that as being really fun fun, lighthearted, happy. Yeah, yeah, you know where I'm going. Like Yeah. So tell me what it's really like. What's interesting is I have my background is nonprofit management and consulting strategy, things like that. So having a background that's rooted in how to plan, how to budget, how to forecast really is what has made this process far less daunting than it otherwise might have been. I find, especially as I've made more friends in the creative space, that oftentimes creatives don't have that business-minded background, and that's where tensions hit in the business world. So the fact that I have a strong business background plus a creative side has made things a little bit easier. You know, the biggest hurdle, I would say, when you open any sort of retail store, especially something where you're creating your own product, is pricing. And figuring out the nuts and bolts of what your costs are, how to price things, how to not price people out, how to appropriately account for time. I'd say that's been the biggest challenge. I have always had this desire for counter space to be a bakery where a family of five isn't priced out to come in on a Saturday morning for a treat or Fridays after school. Because it's very easy to identify your product and realize all that you could charge for something. And I really try to focus in on what I want to afford to charge for things. Um, Beyond that, I'd say it's actually still really fun. 
I am in the bakery. I bake just about every day of the week. So I still get a lot of that creative opportunity as well, which I think helps balance out the more administrative headspace Excel type tasks. Sarah, that's awesome. It really sounds like with your nonprofit consulting background that you really bring the best of both worlds to your business. And you know, you're right. I talk with so many creatives about the challenges that they experience. And the challenge isn't in creating a beautiful arrangement or planning an amazing, heartfelt, memorable wedding. It's in the it's in the admin. It's in the the tax part. It's in the pricing. Payroll, all that good stuff. Because I have, I couldn't start without a staff. I started with a staff of twelve. Uh, wow. Right now, in our space, we're at right about ten people, but we had a staff up to eighteen at one point. So, even just managing the people part of it, a lot of creative businesses don't have that yet, or you don't have to right. start there. And we did two feet in on the deep end. Yeah, seriously. I love what you said about how one of your values is making sure that you don't price out that family of five who wants to come into the shop on a Saturday and have cookies or have a cake or share that time together. I would love to hear a little bit about how, you know, who you are as a person and how your values have influenced how you've set up the business. Yeah, that's that's actually a really big core piece of the bakery and something I talk about with everyone that I interview and everyone that I hire is my belief system grounds me in that everyone is created with dignity and with purpose and with the need for respect. And I want Counterspace to be a place where everyone comes in and they're treated like they deserve to be treated like kings and queens. I want our customers to walk away feeling like they know me or our staff a little bit better. I want them to walk away thinking that that was a fun place to be. Um, Many of our regular customers have become very good friends and we've celebrated birthdays and anniversaries and baby showers and first birthdays. First birthdays are very stressful, by the way. I know you've just been through one with Camilla. I'm a person who said they would never make wedding cakes. I now would rather make a wedding cake than a first birthday cake because that is just a very, very stressful situation on my end, Um, making sure everything's perfect. But Yeah, I just want everyone who comes through our doors, who talks with us, who emails with us, who has a party at our space, who attends a class, I want everyone to feel like they're valued and cared for. Um, That is a large part of what has inspired my volunteer work, my nonprofit work. Um, And I think that's really easy for us to disregard. And I can be, again, bringing my eightness in, I can be a tad judgmental at times and Specifically, the worst for me, Anna, is in the airports. I'm really I'm my most judgmental person in an airport. Why are you walking slow? Why are you in that line? Why are you not taking your things out at security? Why are you like traveling with me is so stressful because I'm always frustrated with other people. And I can't tell you how many times I have to remind myself, these people are also created in the image of God and I need to be mm-hmm. kinder. And um, 
applying that both in air travel and then also every day at the bakery. I love it. You know, I, I, first of all, I feel you on the airports, like 100%. Everyone um, becomes their worst person at an airport. I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> what is that about? Um, but, you know, what you said about how your your values and treating everyone who walks into the bakery, whether they're a client or an employee, like they're important, like they're valued. That's so important. And like you said, it, it is very easy to disregard that. And one of the things that I talk with my clients about is that when it comes to time management and how you're spending your time and the decisions that you're making about, you know, whether to take a job or whether to take a meeting or to start a new project, it all has to come back to your values and it has to come back to what's most important to you. So I am, I'm so overjoyed when I hear a business owner like you who takes it all back to that, that core, that root of who you are and what you believe in and that your business is an expression of that. Yeah. And it's really easy, you know, for those listening who may be are guilting themselves because they don't remember their core values very often. In busyness, it is very easy to forget that. And it's something you have to work very hard to remind yourself of every single day. And I would say if you don't have it written down somewhere, make sure you're saying it out loud or talking about it with people. And as I mentioned earlier, I've happened to have done a handful of interviews lately. So I've had to be talking about these things again and it's been a really, really good reminder for me. Um, and I even see myself handling myself differently and better when I'm reminding myself of these core values as much as I have lately. Yeah, you're keeping them top of mind and living in integrity of who you are. Um, but but back to the topic of airport travel. Um <laughs> <laughs> On the subject of travel, you you plan Disney vacations. And I I know some of some of your your Disney history, but I would love for you to tell us about uh, how, do you how many times have you been to Disney at this point? I wish that I could give you a number, but I can't. <laughs> I don't actually know. And what's funny is growing up, we were not Disney people. We went to Disney once, you know, that quintessential one big Disney trip in middle school with the whole family. Um, and the kind of enjoyment of Disney vacations was resurrected when my best friend and I went for our 26th birthday and just did it big. We did like a six-day Disney trip, all the parks, went to Universal, had the time of our lives. And it was a moment of stress with work um, five or six years later. And I finally found a window of time to go on a vacation. And Henry at the time was 15 months old. So a beach vacation with a toddler is not restful, especially if you're, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. So I booked a Disney trip. I think it was like three weeks out. Went to Disney three days, had a blast. And ever since then, it's just really been a fun, easy vacation that both Henry and I can enjoy. And with that, and knowing we kind of have some flexibility to go regularly, or we did, we didn't feel like we had to cram it all in every trip. We could actually just enjoy yeah. ourselves. So yeah, helping people, my big thing with Disney planning is I love to help people manage their expectations because Disney is a very large, overwhelming place. And I love to help families identify what they really want to do, what they want to see, and then helping make a plan so that they can do the things that mean the most to them. 
Oh my gosh, you are making my heart sing right now with helping people plan the Disney trip that means the most to them. Because you're right, it can get overwhelming. Overwhelming to the point that people decide like, oh no, we're just going to go once and we're going to cram everything in and we're going to be exhausted every single day. I can't tell you how many times I've been on the Disney buses to or from resorts with moms yelling, this is the happiest place on earth, now act like it. And it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't. It doesn't. Go back and take a nap. Spend a day at the pool. If you only go to the park for four hours, great. Cram, you know, go visit characters if that's what your kids love. Don't wait in line for rides that they're not going to enjoy. So it's fun. Right. And I actually have two families traveling, one this week, one next week. And working with them to plan trips has been so fun. And yeah, it's it's kind of a, a way for me to live vicariously because of the nature of my work right now. I can't get away for vacation very easily. So the opportunity to plan out and think through and strategize a vacation for other people fills that void just a teeny tiny bit. Oh my gosh, what a what a great way to fill that void in create and helping to create such a memorable experience for a family. So I know that your advice is going to be different based on what's most important, based on the age of the children. But if you could give one piece of blanket advice to someone listening who is thinking about taking a Disney trip, what would that advice be? Well, selfishly, use a Disney planner because they will actually be helpful. But I would say pick three things every day of your trip that you want to do. And anything beyond that is extra and fun and a surprise. I really, truly think managing expectations is the biggest part of planning a fun Disney vacation. And again, it's the folks who have expectations beyond any reasonable measure that come back annoyed, tired, and mad that they spent a lot of money. So you just captured two huge time management strategies in just that piece of advice. First, being willing to delegate because just just because you can plan a Disney vacation doesn't mean that you should. There are people out there like Sarah Joy, like a ton of other Disney vacation planners who will who will use their expertise to help you create that experience and it's most of the time it's free. Is that right? That's correct. So you pay nothing for me to plan your Disney trip if you book through me. And Disney actually pays the commission out on the back end. So I mean, Disney, it just seems like a no-brainer. Yeah. Disney actually includes the cost of a travel agent essentially in their pricing. Because by their management or frame of mind, they're either paying out an agent to do it or they're having to have a staff member answering calls about why their fast pass isn't working or what's the best day to go to Hollywood studios. So they've built the cost in. So you might as well take advantage. That is fascinating. And the second piece is choosing your top three priorities for the day and anything else is Lanya. So that is brilliant because that's, that's how I, I recommend people plan their day. I watch your Instagram to- stories. That's how you live your life. You don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With your top with your top three for the day. And I, you know, I haven't done that series in a while, but you're making me want to to bring it back up. It's basically um whether I post about it on Instagram or not, every single day I start by choosing my top three priorities for the day. 
And some of you might be thinking, oh my God, only three? Like, how do you only get th three things done in a day? So that that's not quite how it works. It's because <laughs> that would be insane. But no, um, three and just go from there. Right. Yeah. It, it's choosing. Okay. So what are the three most important things that I can do today to ensure that I reach my goals for the week? And it, I mean, it, it builds and builds and builds. Like, what do I need to do this week to ensure I'm on par for the month? What do I need to do this month to ensure I'm on par for the quarter, et cetera, et cetera, into infinity? But breaking it down into those three things and doing those three things first before someone else's uh, priorities sneak in through email or a phone call uh, really helps you make progress on your goals. And so I love that you said having three priorities for your day at Disney helps to manage your expectations. That's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's it's crazy because we've had days at Disney where we've been on 20 rides and met 10 characters and had two sit-down meals. And we've had days at Disney where we've been on four rides and met no characters and ate hot dogs while walking down the street. So it's it's all about managing and preparing and knowing you'll probably do more than those three things, but let's just make yeah. that the way that we're going to start our day in mindset. I love that. Um, that that's fantastic. So you've mentioned your precious little redheaded boy, Henry, a few times. And you told us in the beginning that um, so you're actually a single mom. And so not only are you running a bakery and planning Disney vacations, but you're also the primary childcare caregiver for your little boy. Um, would you just, would you tell us a little bit about, you know, what that is like for you and how you're able to have, you know, your quality time with Henry and manage everything that comes with being a mom in general <laughs> and everything else that you do? Yeah. And I'd say this kind of the, Fair warning, we all have mom guilt. We all do less than we think we should, but we all do far more than is necessary. So that's kind of the mindset that I have to have. Um, Henry is loved, cared for, fed well, plays often, has toys. You know, he has like all of these normal, normal things. The difference is, is some afternoons I pick him up and we go straight back to the bakery and he hangs out at the bakery while I finish up for the day. Um, he has, thankfully, we have a lot of good friends at our school. Every now and again, it's a quick call to my friend Haley or Tiffany going, hey, when you pick up your kids, can Henry hop in with you? Is there any way he could just like hang out through dinner time? And I mean, I think single parent or not, you need those friendships and those people and those relationships in your life because we all need a little bit of margin and we don't always get the margin we need on a daily basis. So in terms of just planning, because I own the bakery, I dictate the hours that were open. Because of that, I have a normal morning routine. I get up, I make my coffee, I make Henry's school lunch. We load up, we go to school, we drop off and there's no rush or hurry to get to the bakery because we don't open till later in the morning. And that's just something that I had to proactively say, I might lose some customers because we're not open at 8 a.m. But for what we might sell in those two hours, I have a lot more margin. I have a lot more opportunity to not be rushed, not rush Henry. And he, 
every now and again, he's like, goes, mom, I just want to take my time. And it's a quick reminder that, you know, as a little kid, we shouldn't be rushing them all the time. And I, I try to build that into my morning routine. Afternoon and evening usually looks a little bit different every day, but morning is kind of our slow, easy time to get out the door and enjoy breakfast together and uh, hopefully set the day on a good note, start mm-hmm. a good tone. And then practically moms, especially if you have kids in schools with uniforms, I buy five short sleeve shirts, five long sleeve shirts, five shorts and five pants at the beginning of the school year so that if I can't get a load of laundry done every day, we can at least get through the week's worth of uniform clothes. Amen. I actually had a conversation with someone last week about how sometimes time management just looks like having enough pairs of underwear so you don't have to do laundry all the time. Yeah. And I mean, I'm a big, I love Emily Lay. I know you do too. You love her planners. I'm a big proponent of one load of laundry every single day just to keep it tame, but that's not Mm -hmm. always reality. So having enough uniforms to get through a full week of school is my backup plan. And so far, so good. Okay, y'all. So I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that you chose to set the hours for the bakery based on the life that you wanted to live instead of uh, the other, instead of molding your life to fit the hours of the bakery. I think too often business owners who are new at you know opening their business forget that your business is supposed to be 
an expression of who you are. And it's supposed to support the life that you want to live, the life that you want to design for yourself. And then we see people that fall victim and then become a slave to their business because it's moved away from serving you, the business owner, to, and I'm not saying that serving your customers isn't like an incredibly important goal, but your customers become the, or, or your customers or your business just become the, the, the be all end all instead yeah. of. And it's, it's taken a long time yeah. for me to not have customer service dictate my emotional state. That. We have, we have such loyal, good customers and probably about once a month. We have a customer that's not pleased or expresses concern or doesn't like, you know, the way we frosted their birthday cake or something like that. That sounds like a fantastic track record, though. Like one a month is not bad. It's just about one a month. But all that to say, we've also curated the kind of customers. I say that our customers are a reflection of the business that I have, right? You're attracted to businesses because of core values. And if our core values are treating people with respect and dignity and doing the best that we can to make every occasion special, they feel that and receive that. So they know even if it's a purple instead of a lavender on their cake or something, they know that we've treated this cake as if it is special and if it is for someone special and someone unique. So oftentimes our customer base kind of reflects our core values, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think that has helped keep some of the more um, easily rised customers at bay. And in that, those handful that have been upset, it did really upset me. And for the first time, I guess it was two or three weeks ago, we had someone email in. They were disappointed with the cake, with the way it was decorated. They still said it tasted delicious, Right. And Mm -hmm. I had to recognize that we're not going to please everyone all the time and we can only do our best. And it was probably the first time in two years that a customer email didn't rattle me for multiple days. So, wow, it's growth. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That, that is exceptional growth as, as a business owner. So kudos to you for that. I know that must be that must be so hard to put something out into the world that you love and just have it like literally on a platter ready to be judged by everyone. Yeah. And I mean, it go, going back to kind of the first birthday cake versus the wedding cake theory, at a wedding, there's 87 details, right? So if yeah. one is off, it's not as noticeable. At a first birthday, when everyone's staring at that little kid about to smash into a cake, if that cake is not what the mom wanted... It is rough, you know? So Henry, being the son of a baker, he must have some pretty cool perks. Um, (laughs) Oh, Henry, yeah. (laughs) Is is he one of your taste testers? What's funny is he is probably one of our pickiest customers. He exclusively eats our cake balls and king cakes. And he has let me know, Mom, I don't know why everyone thinks you make the best chocolate chip cookie because I don't think it's the best chocolate chip cookie. So he uh, he keeps me humble. Oh my goodness, that is hilarious! But um, that child <laughs> will not eat any other king cake, so I'll hold that one close to my chest. Yes. Oh wow that 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 is huge. That is huge. Personally, I think your sprinkle cookies are my favorite. So just 
throw in that out there. The, so the, well, and that's actually yeah. one of the things that we kind of rest a little bit of our market on. We do what we call carpool happy hour. And so every weekday from two to five, the sprinkle cookies are buy one, get one free. And that's <gasps> a little bit of a nod to moms needing to pick up a quick treat or maybe report cards came in and they were good and just making it easy to come in and grab something special without spending a ton of money. That is brilliant. What a great treat. I love that idea. Yeah, it's been really fun. And we have, we're right next to a ballet school. So we have tons of siblings that come and do their homework while sisters at ballet. And it's kind of just a nice way when it's part of your weekly routine to know that you're going to get four cookies and only spend $5 and not 10. And it's easy and quick and, you know, crowd pleaser for sure. Definitely. So you mentioned routine and how something like having a cookie as a treat can be a part of your weekly routine. And you told us a little bit about what your mornings are look like and how your evenings can be different and how it's really important for all of us to have sort of a tribe to help out, especially in the evenings whenever we need that. So I would love to know what what kind of tools or what other systems do you use in life or work or maybe both that help you do all of the things that you do? Well, so in a previous life, when I was working full-time outside of the bakery, I had digital calendar, planner, wall calendar, desk calendar, just everything written everywhere, electronic, um, handwritten, all of the things, all of the places. Wow. Since coming to bakery full time and knowing that every day is a little bit different and it's kind of hard to plan every day fully, I use a combination and I know this is your fave, Trello. We use yep. Trello actually for our custom cakes. So we can put the custom cake order on a Trello tab, move it over when the cake's been baked off, which usually happens on a different shift from when it's decorated. And then we move it to when it's been picked up. So I know that it's out the door, it's done, and we can like put that one in the files. Um, That's been really helpful. I'm a big fan of Wonderlist, which is a list app. And I have three different stores that we do most of our shopping at for the bakery. And so I have our Costco list, our Restaurant Depot list, our Trader Joe's list. And I can add as things are getting low and it's shared with a couple other people. So if one of our other managers is going to Trader Joe's, they don't have to check in with me on what we need. They can just get the things off of the list. Uh, Sarah Joy, I have some bad news. I know it's going away. I know. I know. (laughs) I've still got to find an alternative, but I'm clinging to it while I have it. Okay. Okay. Just, I like was really afraid that I I was going to to drop that bombshell on you. So for those of you listening, Wonderlist is an absolutely amazing tool. Scott and I actually used it for a very long time to coordinate our grocery shopping lists before we transitioned to doing like almost all grocery delivery through shipped. But Wonderlist is being shut down on May 6th. And after that, you'll no longer be able to update or edit your lists or tasks. So fortunately, you've got some time to to figure that out. Yeah, I'm still I'm still on the hunt for what's best for me, but that has been my favorite. Yeah. And then beyond that, 
I also keep a monthly planner and on the monthly planner, I can lay out kind of big picture things for the bakery, such as when classes are happening, when someone has going to be out of town or there's an LSU holiday because we have mostly LSU students working for us. And that kind of helps me know when I can say yes and no to other bigger things. And then I have a personal weekly planner, Simplified Weekly by Emily Lay, hands down the best, uh, where I can keep. I don't need to keep track of my days kind of by the hour and minute the way I used to need to. So the weekly planner has been a good transition for me because I just need kind of a general to-do list for the day of make sure these things have happened at the bakery, make sure these errands have been run and make sure that I showed up to this meeting or dinner or whatever. Yeah, you're capturing the big ideas instead of the minute by minute. I typically recommend the the daily with all of the hour blocks, but you're a perfect example of when an, a weekly just makes sense. Yeah, and I loved the daily. And when I was on conference calls every other hour or need to coordinate more pickups or drop-offs or had more need for hyper-time management, yeah. that's when the daily served me best. But right now... Every day does look so different that it's more generalized. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in addition to Trello, Wonderlist, and your Simplified Weekly, is there is there anything else that... You know, I've actually strayed almost completely away from electronic calendaring. Which, really? Yes, which used to be kind of the, the cornerstone of my planning. But again, like I said, I've switched from being in a position of tons of conference calls and meetings and reminders to largely just generalized tasks for a day. And Mm -hmm. I find that I only tend to use an electronic calendar for really, really big picture things such as travel. Mm -hmm. So I have, Mm -hmm. if I glance down at a calendar, I can see when I'm out or in. I use it for birthdays and I use it for um, friends, babies stuff. So <laughs> due date or baby shower. So I, I use it yeah. as a little bit of a time block if I need to just yeah. glance at my phone quickly. But it's crazy how little I use an electronic calendar when it used to be my end all be all just a year mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, I think that's definitely proof that there's no one size fits all solution for everyone. It wouldn't, it doesn't make sense for you to use an electronic calendar like that. And I'm assuming that the way that you keep track of when people are working and shifts and things like that, like that probably has its, it has own, its own app. Yeah, I use it yeah. called When I Work for Scheduling. And because we have about 10 people using an app dedicated to scheduling makes the most sense for us. I think yeah. that if, you know, you're someone out there who's starting a small business and has an intern or helpers because you're a wedding planner or need day of things and have one off shifts to cover, that's where Google calendars is great. Um, but we are definitely in a little bit more intricate of a situation with scheduling for staff. Wow. Uh, that's really cool. I've never heard of that when I work. So I'll, I'll be sure to look that up and include it in the show notes. Um, because there are definitely some of our listeners who may, who may need a solution like that. So thank you for sharing. Of course, that. It's great. We love it. You can message through the app. You can project payroll. It actually is my payroll service as well. I just download every other week and send it to my accountant. So it's a great kind of catch all for yeah. all things, uh, labor and payroll. So Sarah Joy, 
We've talked a lot about business and we've talked about Henry and you know how, how you make things work as a business owner and a mom. But what about you? I, it's very clear that you have a really full plate and you're in a season of life right now with your business where, like you said, you're not able to take the vacations as flexibly, flexibly, <laughs> as easily <There> are, <laughs> as you have the word. Yeah. There we go. As easily as you have in the past because your schedule is just not as flexible. Boom. Nailed it. Um, so do you ever get any time for yourself? <laughs> that is tricky. Oftentimes I go a really long time without taking dedicated time to myself. And then you know how some people get hangry? I get that when I'm tired slash haven't had a some alone time. I'm an extrovert it doesn't come to the surface as often or as regularly, but about once a month, I'll kind of hit a wall and go, oh, I haven't left my house at night by myself, or I haven't wandered Target alone in a while. Um, and so it's kind of an occasional reset to, yeah. okay, I need to take some time. And thankfully, our my regular babysitter for Henry from when we first moved to town uh, she was a college student. We love Avery. Avery moved away for a job and recently moved back. And Avery, now that she has a full-time job and is more of a peer, she watches Henry for me for free sometimes. And that has been wow. the biggest relief in the world. Um, so Avery comes over probably once every other week, or she'll come over on a Sunday afternoon after church and just take Henry on a walk or a bike ride, just kind of occupy him for a little bit. So I have a little bit of space and flexibility and Avery has been such a help in that regard. And I'm also seeing someone and my boyfriend is extremely good about catching on to when I haven't had a break in a while. And yeah. About, I guess it was two weeks ago, he showed up to the bakery with a gift card to one of the new spots in town and said, you can either go alone or go with a friend, but I'll watch Henry and you can have a night out. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. And so there are people around me who are aware even when I'm not, which is huge. And that, yeah. um, that has made a big difference. And again, it sometimes I go two or three weeks without doing anything truly social for fun for myself, but I definitely have ways to work that in. And in terms of kind of the day to day, I try really hard, doesn't always happen to set my alarm. So I'm up a little bit before Henry every morning. So I can have my coffee and kind of start the morning before the routine of, okay, Henry, go get dressed. Okay, Henry, go brush your teeth. Okay, Henry, finish your breakfast. You know, all those little things. So yeah trying to build in, even if it's 15 or 20 minutes in the morning is a huge, huge help in kind of feeling like I've had some time to myself. Yeah. It, just that opportunity to take a breather. I remember back in episode six. There's so many episodes now, Anna. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really exciting. Um, but Blake Guichet oh, actually yeah, said- yeah, she's so cool. Um, and I'll link to this episode in the show notes. But one of the things that she said, and she's like, oh, I know you're going to roll your eyes at this, but 
one of the most important things to me is getting up before my kids do in order to have my like quiet time to catch my breath and to really start my day on the best foot. It makes such a huge difference. And I really feel it the days that it doesn't happen. So. Yeah, because our mornings definitely set the tone for our day. And so Sarah, between finding time for recharge through, you know, rest and recreation and relationships and running the businesses and taking care of Henry, you know, there's There's clearly a lot on your plate and it's not always easy because if we said that it's easy all the time, we're all lying because sometimes it's hard and it can be really hard. Right. It can be really hard to keep going um, when all you want to do is hide under a blanket in your closet. Maybe that's just me. (laughs) Um, But can you tell us, you know, how you stay motivated when the going gets tough? I will say this. I have a group of friends, um, some near, some far, and I know you have kind of your core group as well, so you'll understand this, that I can text and say, this is where I'm at right now, this is what's hard, or I am too exhausted to even pray for this right now. Can you just pray that our month is good at the bakery, or can you pray that we can find a new employee or can you remind me that this is going well even? And when I tell you, Anna, there have been so many times that within moments even of asking specifically a prayer request or specifically for an affirmation that it has been answered in a way that has blown me out of the water. And Two days ago, I was feeling so defeated, so worn out, so down, and we just had a fantastic month at the bakery. Like It wasn't even in response to poor sales or something to that nature, but I was feeling lost. I was feeling down, texted a few friends, asked for prayer, reached out, and yesterday received a call that could legitimately change the course of my baking path forward. And I can't... Is it the Target collaboration? Are you doing a collaboration with Target? only I was doing a Target collaboration, my true dream in life, that's all I want. (laughs) I'm so sorry to interrupt you with that, but coming to Target. Wouldn't that be amazing? (laughs) Name it and claim it. Yeah. Um, It's happening. It's happening. But I received a call about an opportunity that never in a million years would I think that I would have received. And again, I can't go into detail. I'm so mysterious and exciting, but it's mostly because I had to sign an NDA. Um, And it was just a quick reminder that the Lord has me on this path. He put me on this path and he's going to provide in it. You know, I think that it's really easy to feel like you're shooting at a bullseye and trying to hit that bullseye every single time and feeling defeated when you don't hit the bullseye. But then you have to remember the playing piece is the whole dang board. It's not just the bullseye. And like, let's stay within that board. Let's reach for that bullseye every time. Uh, This this analogy went south, Anna. Can I start again? <laughs> I am incredibly inspired by it. Like well, it's I, just this thing of we think that we have to hit this certain spot on the map every single time, and we don't. We just need yeah. to get it in the range. And like yes. the Lord provides and he does what he is going to do. And it's so easy to get caught up in the idea of we have to do for ourselves. Whereas mm-hmm. really what we need to do is be diligent in our work mm-hmm. and what we're what's set yeah. before us. 
because mm-hmm. it's not on us. And that's like the best motivator ever, right? That yeah. we need to be diligent. We need to work and we need to be, um, there is a means to an end, right? But we don't yeah, yeah. dictate it all the time. And for some people, that's really hard because they want to be in control and they want to dictate it and ensure its success. But for me, it's a big, huge relief to know that it's not up to me. I'm not in charge. And as long as I'm doing kind of the things that I'm called to do every single day, we're good. Yeah, that's that's huge. And I I'm incredibly inspired by what you've shared and I can't, I can't wait for people to hear this. Um, absolutely. Hands down. This has been an awesome interview. I feel like it's been a little bit all over the place, but I appreciate your very good question asking to keep us <laughs> narrow and focused and moving forward. Thank you. Thank you. I'm getting better with every episode. So before we 100% close it out, I like to finish up with like a light and breezy question. That's just for funsies. So Sarah Joy, tell me, if you had an extra hour in every day, what would you do with it? I would probably wash my hair more or take showers. I <laughs> wash my hair so infrequently, and that maybe is a little bit too much because I don't know who else <laughs> listening. Um, but I really don't take a lot of time for myself in that self. I hate the I hate the term self care because really a lot of people say self care. What they really mean is self soothe. Like Ooh. bath is soothing. It doesn't set you up for success the next day though. Mm. Maybe it does. I guess my point is. I, I, I think mean, it depends on the mindset you bring yeah, to I think it. I've scrolling on Instagram for an hour is self-soothing. Yes. That is not self-care. Right. But taking a bubble bath for some people could be incredibly rejuvenating, but it's not necessarily, it's not, it's not the same for everyone. Well, and kind of the, the meme or the saying that's been going around of like setting yourself up to not need a bubble bath every night yeah. is, a, is self-care, right? And I guess my... Going back to kind of doing a load of laundry every single day or doing a little thing every day that makes my life less frantic, I put yeah. that far more in the self-care column. Yes. And I think if I had an extra hour every day, I would commit it more to the self-soothing. Boom. I like it. I like it. The self-soothing. I, I think that we should start getting that to take off. Let's do that. Yeah. I mean, it's so real because a lot of the things that we say we need to do for self-care are really to calm ourselves and to give ourselves a rest. Whereas mm-hmm. if we really are talking, like if we talk about or think about taking care of someone, it's mm-hmm. cooking them food or feed. Like yeah. it's, it's these tactical things when we're talking about it in terms of outward. And mm-hmm. so I find it interesting that the term self-care deals so little oftentimes with the tactical things that actually provide care Versus this term self-soothe that I've started to use more, which is the pampering or the luxury or the yeah. putting on makeup or, you know, cleaning your I'm picking up putting down. Interesting. Cool. So an extra hour in the day. Sorry. Sarah Joy. Which <laughs> I took and- that way far. <laughs> No, it's great. With an extra hour in the day, Sarah Joy would spend more time on self-soothing activities, which is like self-care, but not. Correct. Sarah Joy, this 
episode is this interview has been absolutely amazing. I am walking away from it. It's inspired and excited and really Honestly, I want to make sure that I spend time connecting with my core values because clearly that is something that is so important to the heart and soul of not just you personally, but of your business and your work. And so how can the listeners keep track of all of the amazing things that you're doing? Where can people find you? So on Instagram, that's where I do most of my pictures, promotions, letting people kind of know what's new and happening at the bakery. It's at CounterspaceBR. CounterspaceBR.com is our website, Facebook.com slash CounterspaceBR, all those things. And then for Disney fun, um, our, ha- our my Disney Instagram handle is at DisneyHazeCation, which is a little bit of a play on my last name and all of our trips to Disney. That is fantastic. All right. Well, with that, we are going to sign off today. Sarah Joy, thank you so, so much for your time. I'm so excited to follow the bakery and see what happens next and hopefully even have you plan our very first family Disney trip in the next year or so. That would be amazing. I'm already ready for Princess Camilla. We're ready. Can we handle it? Can we handle it? Wonderful. So thank you so much, Sarah Joy, and I hope you have a great day. Thanks so much, Anna. You too. And there you have it. I don't know about you, but I am totally craving cookies right now. And as a side note, if you want to learn more about core values and take the first steps toward defining your own, make sure you head over to episode 21, which is all about finding your North Star and doing the next right thing with your personal core values. You can find links to the productivity tools that Sarah Joy mentioned, as well as links to the Counterspace BR website. They ship cookies, (laughs) y'all, plus Instagram accounts for the bakery and Disney Hayescation by visiting the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 22. And don't forget that you too can try our favorite project management tool, Trello, for free by visiting abouttimepodcast.com forward slash Trello. And before you go, let me tell you about next week's episode. Next week's episode, episode 23, is all about vision. We'll explore the three roles we all play in life, regardless of our job title, and what it means to be the visionary in your life, and how you can chart your vision for the future. This is one of the first steps I take with all of my coaching clients, and I'm so excited to share this with you. And if you're ready to take the next step and become one of those coaching clients, I'd love to talk with you. Head straight to AnnaDCornick.com forward slash work with me. Complete the quick coaching application for either executive or professional coaching and get on my calendar for one full hour, no strings attached, to craft your vision and get a taste of what coaching with me is like. Again, That's AnnaDCornick.com forward slash work with me. Again, thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you soon. 
Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.